Several weeks ago, Willie Mays, arguably the greatest player in baseball history, celebrated his 90th birthday. His former manager, Leo DeRocher, once described Mays as the perfect baseball player. He did the five things that you have to do to be a superstar. Hit, hit with power, run, throw, and field. In 1951, at the age of 19, Mays made his major league debut with the New York Giants. After a slow start, he went on to win the National League Rookie of the Year Award and helped the Giants to the World Series after a dramatic playoff victory over the Brooklyn Dodgers. In his 21-season career that ended in 1973, Mays was a two-time National League MVP and a 20-time All-Star. He had a career batting average of 302, led the National League in home runs four times, and finished with 660, at that time the second most home runs ever behind only Babe Ruth. Mays is most remembered and celebrated for what many claim is the greatest defensive play in baseball history. In the top of the eighth inning of the first game of the 1954 World Series between the Giants and the Cleveland Indians, the Indians' Vic Wirtz hit a towering drive over the head of Mays that, with the score tied at 2-2 and runners on first and second base, would have given the Indians the lead and a likely victory. Everybody said, well, it was a hard catch. No, I said, it was easy catch. Mays took off and running with his back to the ball, made a spectacular over-the-shoulder catch some 406 feet from home plate. Left-hander Vic works up and left-hander Don Little ready to go. Here's the pitch to Wirtz. Here's a long drive to deep, deep center field. Mays back to the wall. Makes an incredible catch. Turns and fires it in. What a catch by Willie Mays. But that was two minutes on, and in the polo ground in those days, even if a guy catches the ball 580 feet away, he could score from second very easily. What made that play was his great throw. The runner's tagging the second. But with that distance, if he it misses him on the cutoff, he'll score. But he was right on. I couldn't see while I was throwing, but uh, they tell me the ball was on the mark in second base. The key there is catching the ball, and I think that hurt Cleveland very dearly there because uh, if I missed that ball, it might have been inside park the home run. Two men scored very easily, so uh, that was a big catch as far as the World Series. The Giants went on to win the game and eventually the World Series. Known in baseball history as the catch, May's dramatic play inspired two classic books by writers who saw May's game-saving catch. Arnold Hanno, after attending the game in the centerfield stands, wrote A Day in the Bleachers, one of baseball's best fan books. Hanno's dramatic description of the catch is the centerpiece of the book, but he also gives a delightful account of the quirkiness and comradeship that he discovered in his afternoon with the bleacher bums. Charles Einstein, who was sitting in the press box for game one of the 1954 World Series, went on to write Willie's Time, Baseball's Golden Age, the only baseball book ever nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. Both biography and history, Willie's Time, published in 1979, captures May's life and career within the turbulent years of five American presidents, beginning with Truman and ending with Nixon. Einstein is particularly adept at drawing parallels between May's career and the civil rights movement, pointing out, for example, that 1954, the year of the catch, was also the year the Supreme Court handed down its Brown versus the Board of Education decision. It was also a year when there were still segregated Major League Baseball teams, including the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. In 2004, writing baseball, 
the Southern Illinois University Press series published a reprint of Willie's Time on the 25th anniversary of the publication of the book. The reprint included a new preface by Charles Einstein in which he commented on the state of baseball since Mays was a central figure in the game's golden age. 25 years after Willie's Time, Einstein was troubled by the current state of baseball, especially its greed, and concerned about its future. But he had no doubt that baseball would survive as long as it stayed connected to the glory of its past. At the conclusion of Willie's Time, Einstein quoted a St. Louis writer who once said, to watch Mays play baseball was to watch Rembrandt paint or hear Caruso sing. With an infectious personality that earned him the Say Hey Kid moniker, Mays was once described by the Sporting News as the soul of springtime. Yes, he covers center like he had jet shoes. The other batters get the willy blues. Anything hit his way is out. Man, it just don't pay those guys to clout. Say hey, say who, say willy, say At the age of 90, Mays remains the soul of springtime and a reminder of the greatness of the game at a time when integration opened the door for baseball mortals like Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Bob Gibson, and Ernie Banks. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.